0: I hope that you have enjoyed hearing about uh, missions this month as we uh, I began with uh, three weeks ago talking about uh, the witness and how one man just simply went and told a story and how important that is. then we took uh, two weeks and heard from three different missionaries. They were off to different places in the world doing what we're talking about, but in other places. Uh, We have to be careful, though, as Christians, that we, as I said the very first week, it's not enough to pray for missions. We ought to do that, but it's not enough. We ought to pay for missions. It's not enough. Did you notice how they would subtly ask you for financial support? One would say, I'd like to offer you the opportunity to get in on this great opportunity. (laughs) I thought, you just want money, right? I mean, just come out and say it. And uh, just trying to say it politely, but coming and really, I feel bad for missionaries as they have to travel for—I think two years uh, was the longest that um, uh, Josh Wagar had just almost finished two years, basically traveling the country for two years, asking, begging for money uh, to go and do what God wants him to do. I, I would, I would love uh, to see one day a, a, a missionary say, so "I've been called." And the church just say, "All right, go. We got you. We got your back. We'll take care of you." But uh, unfortunately, uh, it doesn't quite work that way. But uh, they're doing they're doing what we're talking about. But it doesn't excuse us from our responsibility here in Sherman, New York, Climber, wherever you're, wherever you happen to be from. Western New York is our mission field. It is our Nicaragua. It is our. Uh, I, I was I was uh, interested. I noticed a lot of the cities around here have their names of Latin countries, like Cuba and Panama, and and I was like, uh, where are we going? <laughs> but, uh, do I need a passport? But uh, there, that's our mission field. God has put us in this place to be a wit- a witness for Him in this area. And so I say, Sherman because that's where our address is, but that's not necessarily where your address is, or where you work, or where your family is. The place that God has put you is the place He wants you to be a witness. In this passage we looked at this morning, we're going to go through, and if you're an English snob like I am, uh, you might have uh, been distracted by the title that was maybe a little redundant. But uh, that's not, the well is not what I was talking about. The well is the noun, was what I was talking about. But uh, I want to talk to you about a good well witness being a witness to our neighbors, being a witness to our strangers. But I wonder, and the question there at the top of your notes, if you're following along with notes, is, I wonder if we really believe our story. It's wasn't done on purpose this way, but it's amazing to me how uh, several messages I've preached over the last couple of weeks and months kind of tie in together And talking about Jesus changes my story going all the way back to the beginning of March. Jesus changed my story, and now we're talking about taking that story and taking it to other people and sharing that. But I wonder if we just don't believe in our story, that might be why we don't tell our story because we don't think it's worth hearing or maybe we don't get it. It happened, but we just, it was a whirlwind around us and we still haven't put solid feet feet on solid ground to our story and we don't believe in it. It's just a bunch of events that happened, but I want to show you a woman today that really believed in her story and shared it with a bunch of people. And we're going to look at how this woman changed the lives and the stories of people around her because she believed simply in her own story. This meeting in Samaria, obviously Jesus was on his way through to Samaria. And if you know anything about Bible uh, history and geography, Samaria and Israel were not best buddies. They were uh, bitter enemies. It, it went far past being rivals in high school sports and professional uh, sport teams. It was a bitter hatred. Samaritans were half Jew, half Gentile. And so they were looked on with disdain by the Jews because you are not like us. The Jews were very good at looking down their noses at people um, whatever the opposite of anti-Semitism is. This is what the Jews had. Extreme Semitism, I guess. You weren't Jew. You weren't good enough for us. And the Samaritans weren't even half good enough for them. They were worse than regular Gentiles. In fact, if we study history, many times Jews would travel out of their way to not even pass through Samaria. They would travel around it because they just couldn't stand to be anywhere around Samaritans. Aside from that, they didn't have any dealings with the Samaritans. We read this in our story when the woman comes to the well and Jesus is sitting there at the well waiting for her to come he knew she was coming and he asked her for a drink and she says in um, in verse number uh, if i back up here a little bit to verse number uh 9 she says how is it that thou being a jew askest drink of me which am a woman of samaria for the jews have no dealings with the samaritans she's saying what are you doing why are you talking to me? Not that she was looking down her nose at Jesus, but she was saying, um, why are you talking to me? You guys never talk to us. You guys never want anything to do with us. And now you're asking me for a drink? Almost like you're asking me for a favor? You, who pe- people hate me, and now you're asking me for a favor? Why would you have anything to do with me? I mean, you wouldn't want me to hold the cup that you're going to drink because it would make you unclean in all your ceremonies. and all." She didn't know who she was talking to, did she? And Jesus even said that much to her. He said, if you knew who, you're, who was asking you for a drink, you would be asking him for a drink. And he begins this conversation with this woman at a well. And no, that is not an exact picture of the woman, but it's uh, pretty good in case you're wondering. This meeting, though, turned into one of the greatest meetings that Jesus ever had in a town. I find it very interesting, the reaction that people give to Jesus when He comes to their town. Several weeks ago, we looked at the maniac of the Gadarenes, or of Gadara, and he completely healed a demon-possessed man who wore no clothes, couldn't be bound with chains, uh, biting himself... Hurting himself, weeping, living in tombs, and then Jesus comes, completely changes him. The town comes out to see this former maniac, former demon possessed man, sitting at the feet of Jesus, fully clothed, in his right mind, having a conversation with the Son of God. And their reaction was, Leave. You're not welcome here. We don't appreciate what you did with our maniac. Can you imagine that? But here, this story was very opposite. Here the story was, would you stay for a little bit longer? Would you mind talking to the rest of us? And the Bible tells us that Jesus was there for two more days. What turned into an afternoon conversation turned into a two-day missions trip, if you will. And the Bible tells us, not specifically how many people believed, but it just keeps using the word many and many more. What an awesome experience this town had because of Jesus. I find it also interesting that when Jesus was there, he didn't perform any miracles. Normally when Jesus would go places like this, he would turn water into wine. He would feed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two little fishes. He would uh, uh, heal blind people. He would raise dead people to life. He would uh, make uh, people with diseases uh, clean. He would uh, heal lepers. He would, he would uh, take a demon and make him, make him sane. And Jesus didn't do any miracles in Samaria at this time. All he did was have a simple conversation with a woman at a well. And today, Jesus would decide to use something else to get people's attention. Rather than using a miracle, rather than walking on the water or calming a sea, uh, the stormy sea to be still as, uh, to be still. Uh, Any of those miracles, he put all of those aside. He kept his bag of tricks closed, if you will, and decided to use something far more powerful. He used a woman. He used a woman's story to get their attention. And because one woman believed in Christ and believed in the story that had just changed for her and got busy. We see a whole town is transformed because of one woman sharing her story. I want to share with you three things that this woman did that we can do in our life to share our story. Number one, the woman left. She left. Get the story. I want you to look in verse 28, if you will. It says, well, we'll, we'll, let me back up a little bit to get the the picture here. Back up all the way to the beginning of the chapter to verse number 7. It says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. We'll skip down to verse number 9. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me? Skip down a little bit more to verse number 11. Jesus had told her, If you knew who was talking to you, you would be asking him for drink. And so she says this, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. The well is deep from whence then hast thou that living water. She had come to a well, and in those days it was, it was a, like you'd think of a well, a big, a big uh, uh, long distance from the top to the bottom, and so they would have some sort of apparatus with a, a bucket and a rope, and then they would lower that down, and then they would get the water and raise it back up, and then she would have a pot. You see the picture in the, on the screen there? Maybe maybe what it would have looked like. And then they would take the water from that bucket and then they would put it in the pot. And then they would carry that home. They had no running water. You had to run, go get the water. That was their running water. And then Jesus has this conversation with her about water. And we get down to verse number 28. This woman uh, puts her faith in Christ. And we get to verse number 28. It says, then the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city. The reason that she came to the well was what? To get water. And she brought with her a pot to get the water. But now all of a sudden, something has changed her day and changed her life that she said, I've got something else more important. What could possibly be more important than water in the Middle East? I mean, this is a big deal. You ever lived on a farm or a place where there was a long ways to go and get things? Uh, and, and, and I've never lived on a farm, but, uh, you know, I mean, we have to go someplace a long ways to go get it. And uh, it'd be like traveling to the store. You know, you got to go all the way to Lakewood or all the way to Erie. Let's say you're going to Walmart and you meant to get, you know, paper towels. And as soon as you get home, you realize you got everything on your list except paper towels. Most of us wouldn't turn around and go all the way back to Lakewood just to get here. We would figure out we just wipe our hands on our pants for a little while use the toilet paper, use a a bath towel, something. I'm not going all the way. that's a long trip. And so when you make a trip like that, you make sure that you get the things that you really went there to get. You know, guys, when the wife sends us to the store and they say, get some, you know, get some toilet paper, get some paper towels and get some dishwashing soap. And we come back with chips and ice cream and uh, snacks of all kinds and steaks, and popcorn, and the wife's looking through, she goes, where's the paper towel? Oh. Oh, yeah, that was on the list, wasn't it? Well, that's okay. We'll just use the wrapper on the outside of the chips. You know, um, it, it's, you know it, it's okay. You know, you can just do a little extra laundry. We'll use cloth napkins. Uh, you know, it's, we, we kind of, we missed the point of why we came And At a glance, it seems like this woman kind of forgot, very absent-mindedly forgot, Why she came to the well in the first place. But she didn't. Because she left the well with the intention of coming back to the well. The Bible says she left her water pot and ran into the cities. She left, number one, but she left with new priorities. You see the verse there on the screen. She comes with one message. Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She was going back to the city with the intention of coming back to that well. But water, though important as it may be, was not the most important priority at the time or of that day. When this woman met Christ, her priorities suddenly changed. She couldn't keep it to herself that she had just met Christ. She went back home. And home is a good place to start witnessing, folks. You've got a story to tell. You know the best people to start telling it to? People you live with. They're the people, hopefully, who will see the greatest change. Now, if nothing changes and it's all words, then they're the, they'll be the first people to spot it was just a fade, a fad, a fad passing. Yeesh. Something else they got into. Like when you took flute lessons for three weeks, right? Or back when you decided you were into horses. Or when you were decided you were into marine biology and it now it moved on but when jesus comes in and totally transforms my story and they see it's not passing it's only getting greater it's only moving me to do more in my life and now i'm going to church all the time and now i'm actually reading my bible at home and now i'm not doing some of the things that i used to do and they say why are you so different why don't you speak the same way you spoke and why don't you do the same things you used to do and why are you doing all these other things and 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 you you're changed you've changed what's different and we have this opportunity to say let me tell you asked I hope you got some time to hear. Jesus changed my story. Had brand new priorities because she realized that though it was great that she knew it was not fair for no one else to know. How sad it would have been for a woman to have her life completely changed like that outside of the city to go back into the city and completely live like nothing had changed. Never tell another person You know, there's someone out there you probably like to meet. There's someone just a couple of yards away, over actually by the well where we go every day, who could totally change your life. She left with new priorities. She said, I can't keep this to myself anymore. And really, what we see is that her earthly priorities took a back seat to her spiritual or heavenly priorities. It's important to get water. It's important to have those things that I need. But you know what? More important is that I tell people what happened to me. The three men, the three families we had the last two weeks, they put the physical priorities, the physical comforts of living in the United States, of living in a first world, uh, thriving country to go and live in a, on an island. Heard the story? Wagar's telling how they're going to have a ship bring the things that they need. Monday, Last Monday, I got to talk with him and and um, uh, the, the other uh, McVicar going to Japan and how the, the many things that they're going to have to say goodbye to so that they can go and serve the Lord. And they don't see it as a sacrifice. They're not going, oh man, I, I'm going to miss this and this and this. Though they probably will. They said, you know what? It's more important that we go to these people who don't have anybody telling them. They put the spiritual ahead of the physical. Not ignoring the physical. Not saying, I don't ever want to do that again. I'm never going to drink water again. I'm never going to eat again. I'm just putting that to the side for now. It used to be my number one priority. You know what? For some of us, making money used to be our number one priority. For some of us, it was putting in all the hours at the office so that I could advance. I could make my my move. I could, I could finally get myself established and we go about chasing what we call the American dream for our entire lives. And maybe we catch it and we realize we've got nothing to show for it when we finally got it. Or we never actually get there. But some of us have met someone who is more important, far more fascinating, and far more attractive than what we call the American dream, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we don't say, well, I don't need money anymore. I'm never going to work anymore. But we put that on a second tier, and we say, you know what? More importantly than making a dollar is furthering the kingdom of God. I'm going to do whatever I can to share that story. And oftentimes what we find is that God allows those things to beautifully play together. But when we put our priorities first and we say, God, someone needs to hear my story. Maybe you're moving me into this new position at work. Maybe you're moving that obnoxious neighbor next door for a reason. Maybe you have not given me the promotion that I wanted and kept me in this department for this reason. Maybe these health things have brought me to this hospital room for a specific reason. And I'm putting the physical priorities aside, and I'm, right now I'm going to focus on God. What do you have for me right here? Who do I need to tell my story to? Number one, she left with new priorities. Number two, look in verse 29. She went and told her story. We saw it. Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? If you'll skip down to verse 39, we see it said a different way. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that ever I did. She went and simply told her story. That's all she said. Come, see this guy that told me everything that I could, I've i ever done in my entire life. Because during the meeting, she said, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And he said, Go call your husband. She goes, I don't have a husband. She goes, You're right. You don't have a husband. And the last five guys you've had weren't your husband either. She goes, Hmm. You must be honest on something. I perceive that thou art a prophet (laughs) because you bet I am more than a prophet. And he begins to explain to her the gift of eternal life. And she gets it. I mean, and she really gets it. And immediately she runs back to town and says, guys, maybe she went back to those six exes. I don't know. But she went back to some some people and eventually got an entire town to come out simply by saying, you've got to come and see who I met today. Guys, if you were out in the store and you found some NFL star, wouldn't you at least mention that in casual conversation when you got home? You'll never guess who I met today. Ladies, you wouldn't know, and you'd be like, who's that? I have no idea. I I met uh, Joe Montana one time at at a football, uh, selling hot dogs at a football game. He doesn't remember because he was sloppy drunk. But uh, I, I sold Joe Montana a hot dog. And uh I sold it to his wife, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't uh pay attention. I was like, Joe, Joe! And he wouldn't look up at me. He was drunk. But uh I I saw Joe, I took a picture of him, and uh and it was blurry. And uh that's because he was doing this. But uh you know what I did? I told every single person that day, guess who I sold a hot dog to? I sold a hot dog to Joe Montana. And I told some some ladies, and they're like, Who's that? I'm like Oh, my goodness, you know, I can't believe you said that. You know, this is this is like one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Some of you are still going, who is that guy? I have no idea. He sells cars or something. But uh, I told everybody because I was so excited that I just got to meet this guy. In a very 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 casual way i didn't he didn't talk to me he did he shook his head when I said, "Can I take a picture with you Joe?" He wouldn't look up he wouldn't do anything but i just that little bit, I told everybody I knew for weeks. I'm standing here telling you now I met Joe Montana. Anybody else say that I didn't think so pretty I'm pretty important i guess i also met uh the coach one of the uh the University of Washington uh we were selling hot dogs there, that's why I saw him. And same day I met the basketball coach Lorenzo Romar. He was he was a big deal when he was taking his team to the sweet uh to the uh, 64 tournament, but uh, not so much anymore. That same day, three awesome things happening in the same day, a guy walked up, bought a hot dog for me. I'm really good at selling hot dogs, and he had an all access field pass lanyard. And it was like the beginning of the fourth quarter, and uh, I, I we were kind of shutting things down, and and I said, hey, what's it take for me to get that field pass from me? Just kind of joking around. He's like, "Well, I'm leaving here, you can just have it. Oh, 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 all right. I'm taking a break. And I put that thing on, and I went down to the field. I, had, I took my apron off, but I was down on the field, and I was standing there with the players, and there, I mean, it was, it was, it was, the game was almost over and was, but I was there. And you know what I did for weeks after that? The same thing I'm doing to you right now, rubbing it in, saying, I was there. I met these people. I took a picture with the coach. He was like, who are you? <laughs> Get away. But I took a picture with him. I was, I, I was just absor- absorbing all of this because it was so amazing. How much more amazing is Christ? You might not have ever met Joe Montana or stood on a field at a football game. And you know what? It really doesn't count because I don't even know who those guys are and they were that good anyway. And I don't think any of them are in the NFL today. And if they were, they wouldn't, they wouldn't care. You remember that one guy that was on the field that was jumping up and down like a little girl? That was me. But, uh, it doesn't matter now. But for a little moment of my life, that was the coolest thing that had ever happened to me. And yet there's something far more important that's happened to me that Happened to, I'd say, all of us. Why don't we get as excited about that? Why do we think that that's a private thing? The God of the universe came into my life and completely changed everything about me. But that's a private matter. I don't talk about religion. They would think I was weird. I don't care if you thought I was weird, me telling you about Joe Montana. Like, I'm not a Niners fan. I don't care. It doesn't matter what you think. I met Joe Montana. That's how I feel. Why can't it feel the same way about Christ? I don't care if they think I'm weird that I love Jesus. He changed my life, He saved my life, He gave me life. She changed her priorities and then she told her story. Just tell your story. Don't worry about all the details. Don't worry about making sure it flows and it's exciting and you don't have to add a little bit of extra drama and suspense to the story. Just tell what happened to you. As I said before several weeks ago, God orchestrated the events in your story for somebody else to hear. Because you might not think your story is anything amazing, but someone else will hear that and go, you know what, that sounds exactly like what my life has been like. How could I have what you have now? But they'll never know until we tell our story. Number two, she told her story. Number three, she pointed others to respond, or she urged them to respond. She pointed people to Christ. As it usually goes, when we first get saved, we don't know a whole lot except what happened to us. What happened to you? I really can't explain it. I just know that I'm changed. I'm different. It's like when you get married and knowing everything there is to know about your wife, right? You thought you did until you woke up on day one and realized, who is this woman? I have no idea who I'm married to. And those of you married uh, longer, than, longer than a day or two have realized you never know. And we, we're about to celebrate 11 years coming up. I have no. idea. I didn't know how much I didn't know eleven years ago about my wife, about marriage, and I have a sneaky suspicion it's just going to get even deeper as we go fifty years. Going, who's this woman? Because I'll have Alzheimer's then, but that, that'll be my that'll be my excuse then. Uh, but uh, I, I won't. I, there's just so much at the beginning. Yeah, I know everything, but I, I do remember thinking, you know what. Um, I have a feeling this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's, I mean, there's, there's a lot more to marriage than this seven-day honeymoon we're about to go on because that's all I was thinking about, you know. But there was, there was life afterwards together. What about with Christ? You know, you, yeah, I met Jesus. Change of story. Okay, well, what about this? You ever tried to do that? You ever tried to talk to someone about the Lord and they, they ask you some question? You go, oh, I've been stumped. How many angels can dance on the head of a uh, head of a pin? I don't know. Is God so strong enough? He can pick up a. Uh, he can create a rock. He can't pick up. You know. Uh, I don't know. Well, what about this in the Bible? What is it? What does the big toe mean of the of the of the statue that Daniel saw in his dream and his vision? Uh I don't know. Just Jesus changed the story. That's all I know. That's all you need to know for now. That's all it takes to tell your story. And then when you get to that point, then you just say, "Go see him for yourself." Come with me. I'll, I can't answer that question, but just come with me. I know who knows. I don't know, but I know the guy that does know, and I could stand here in town all day long and tell you what happened to me, or better, I could just take you to the guy who did it for me, and maybe he can do it for you too. And so she takes the entire town out to see Christ. Look in verse number 30. I'm sorry, verse number, uh, let me see. Uh, Verse number 39, it says, When many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him, for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me ever I did. So how many people did she lead to the Lord? I don't know. We know that it was many. But then it goes on. So when the Samaritans were come to him, they besought him, that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And notice what they told the woman. And they said to the woman, Now we believe. Not because of thy saying. Not because of what you said for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the savior of the world. She got to a point where her story wasn't enough. That's okay. So she said, I got, I don't know what else to do. So I'm going to take you to someone I know. And she pointed people to Christ, but her story had a hook Fishing. We, we discovered the pond, the little community pond the other day. And, uh, my my boy was over there and he was fishing. He had a stick. He found some line and that was it. And so he was just dropping a, a line in the water trying to fish, hoping a fish would volunteer. And no no, no one was biting because there's no hook. You got to have something there. Even if the fish had bit the string, it would have slipped out of his mouth. You got to have that hook there to grab him. And when you tell your story, don't just tell your story and leave someone hanging. You'll never believe what happened to me. Jesus changed my whole life I'm going to heaven now. All right, see you later. Wait, wait. What about me? you think that could work for me? I don't know. No matter. I'm just telling you my story. <laughs> that's not. That's not. That's not helpful. So you say, you know what? I think he could. He probably could. I mean, he did it with me. He changed me. He could probably change you. I don't know. Let's go find out. And you bring him to a place like this. You bring him to someone who does know the scriptures. I don't know all the verses to show someone how to how to, uh, that Jesus is God and that Jesus died for their sins. I I, I was taking your word for it that it was there. But let me take you to someone that does know. And yeah, it's important that you begin to learn those verses, and eventually uh, begin to 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 add those. Your word is good, but God's word is better. God's word is the best tool that we have. But knowing all the verses that you need to know, and having every verse memorized, and being able to quote scriptures like uh, like it's the uh, like, like it's your birthday, is not a prerequisite to being a witness. Just begin to tell your story. And when that's not enough, then just say, Come with me. Some of the one of the greatest things you might do for a friend or family member is say, Hey, would you come to church with me Sunday? Would you just come and listen? Because I'm trying to explain it and it's just not coming out the same way. I don't have a I don't have a a special access to God, but I prepare what I'm going to say all week when you've got you were asked a question on the fly and now I don't know what to do. But there's people all around this room that could answer the questions, that could stand up just as, easy as I am and say, let me let me explain to you this verse, this verse, and then let me explain all this. And if, if you can't tell the story the, the best way, tell it the only way you know how and then say, now, would you come with me? Would you just come with me to church? Would you go talk to the pastor? Would you go talk to one of these deacons? Would you talk to my, my friend here who knows what he's talking about? I, I don't really know. All I know is that it happened for me. It's amazing. And you need to find out if it would work for you. Spoiler alert, it will. But you got to come. She left her water pot for new priorities. She then told her story, and she pointed others to respond. The main thing is, don't keep quiet about it. Go out and tell people. Just tell what you know. Let me just quickly show you some of the results of what happened. When we tell our story, we saw it already a little bit in verse number 30. Many people came to investigate. It says, Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Now, we don't know how many that was, but we know many got saved. We also know from the scriptures that not everybody that hears the word receives the word. So, I'm imagining this huge crowd because in, in verse number 35, Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They're white under harvest. He wasn't talking about agriculture there. He was talking about the, the people coming to the disciples who were more concerned about eating lunch than the people coming needing to, be, needing to be saved. And Jesus said, look up, get your eyes off the physical things and look up, they're coming to you. And many of those people believed because of the woman's story, and many more believed because of her hook. Just come and hear what Jesus has to say. And an entire town gets affected. Many people come to Christ simply because one woman told her story. I want you to watch something. I found this little YouTube clip a couple of of weeks ago. I was reading a book. How many of you know who the, the man Penn Gillette is? How many of you recognize that name? Anybody? He's a magician, Las Vegas uh, magician. He's an avowed atheist. He's very, uh, very, uh, very outspoken. He doesn't believe in God. But uh, he tells a story. It's just a, just a couple of minutes long. He tells a story about a guy who did what I'm just talking to you right now. I just want to show you that real quick. So, Rob, go ahead if you'll show this. To believe in something like heaven and hell and not tell anybody about it. I really hate someone that much that i'm i'm wor- i'm I value the few minutes of uh, I, the the few minutes that we have together i don't want this to be awkward so i'm not going to say anything over I really do believe that what you're what you what i have is is worth your time and he called it proselytizing but think about that from a from an avowed atheist who didn't he didn't believe the message but he said I respected the fact that the guy believed and what he believed enough to say what i believe is true you need to hear this and he said how much you have to hate someone not to tell them what you believe if you really believed your story you'd tell it then the question comes down to do you believe in what happened to you Paul tells the Corinthian church, he says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. If we truly believed in the story that happened to us and we truly got its, the gravity of what happened to you as salvation, we couldn't keep Christians quiet. People around us, everybody would know. Can I tell you about you? Oh, no, no, believe me. I've, everybody at my work is telling me about it. Everybody in that church keeps saying something about it. I'm doing it in a nice and respectful way, but simply saying, I gotta tell you what happened to me. That's a good, well, witness. It started with one lady, not a very important lady, an unmarried woman living a life of sin. But got changed, got saved, and led a whole town literally to Jesus and spiritually to salvation. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes just for a moment of privacy and concentration? I just wonder if there's not someone here this morning that, first of all, that you don't have that story. What a day to get saved! Every, any day is the best day to get saved. The day now when you know the truth, when you know the facts. Maybe you've, you've heard it all, but you've never put it all together. Realize Jesus came for you. Jesus wants to change you. Maybe someone has shared their story with you, and you've come today seeking that out, trying to figure out what is this all about? Is this for me? Could this happen for me? Is this... I don't know. I don't know what your story is and I don't know if Jesus has changed it, if he's come in and done anything, but I know he wants to. There's someone like here this morning that says, I I, I don't think Jesus has ever changed my story. I don't think he's ever come in. saved me. I'd like to invite you to do that today. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of doctrine. There's a lot of verses to understand, but really it just comes down to you Saying to Christ, I understand, I'm in a mess. The Bible teaches that because of our sin, we deserve hell. Jesus paid for the price for sin. He went to Cal- Calvary, He went to the cross to pay for your sins and for mine. And the Bible simply teaches if we would just receive that gift, we accept what He's done for us on Calvary. And we and, and we believe in it. The Bible says if we believe in our heart and we accept and we accept it with our mouth. Really, it just takes a sincere coming to God. And I'd love to talk with you more about that if you would feel comfortable talking with someone that you know knows the Word of God, and we'd share it with you. Don't walk out of here without knowing that for sure. Then there's other people here this morning. Yeah, Jesus has changed me. When's the last time? I'm talking to myself, too. But when's the last time we told someone? We talked to someone about how Jesus changed us. Not embarrassed about it. Honest to goodness. I shared I was a witness for Christ. When can we say honestly we did that? If we're not doing that. Why? Why not? if we really believed in our story, we'd tell it. Maybe you need to make a decision this morning to tell your story. Say, God, this is scary. I don't know what to do. I don't know all the words to say. I don't know all the right verses to use. But I wonder if there's anyone this morning that would say, God, if you would honestly pray and tell God, if you will send someone across my path and make it very obvious to me that you want me to share my story with them, I will do it. Would you be on? Would you be brave enough to pray a prayer like that and say, God, if you'll bring someone across my path and make it very clear to me that this is this is what you're doing, I'll speak up for you. I'll tell them what I know, or I'll at very least, I'll invite them to come to a place where I know they can hear.